This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hi, everybody. It's Russ from My Hammers 11. I hope you're all safe and well. If you're new to the channel, please consider subscribing and obviously hitting the bell notification so you're notified as soon as we put new content on. Lots of great guests lined up, loads of guests lined up, including today's guest, who is officially our second international hammer we've interviewed, our first European hammer we've interviewed as well. Um, You'll hopefully recognise him. He was the leader of the Scandinavian hammers for over 20 years Wow, until 2014, and obviously that involves doing all the organising of all the all the trips over to watch the club live, writing all the articles, interviewing the players for the supporters' magazines, and um, an all-round lovely guy. As I've I've sort of managed to speak to him for the last few weeks. It's Edmund Holt. Hi, Edmund. How are you? Very good, thank you. I'm really looking forward to this. Uh, it's always good to talk about West Ham, and when you can uh, pick your eleven as well, it's uh, yes. I'm looking forward to this. Good to uh, good to have be be on. And you'll see uh, Edmund's sort of man cave there, West Ham man cave. He's got the bar. He's got all loads of memorabilia of West Ham signed sign flags and things like that, which I'm sure he'll be showing lots of memorabilia. So it's going to be really fun. I'm looking forward to this. So what we, do for, every, what we do for everyone, obviously, we find that they're 11, but also we talk about their memories. You know, there's no football at the moment. So there's, we haven't got any opportunity to make new memories. Um, but in terms of the old days and stuff, so you know, if I'm right, yeah, I mean, you were supporting West Ham from sort of the, the, sort of the early, early to mid-70s. You know? So what was your sort of earliest memory of, of West Ham? We in Norway we've had uh, like match of the day. It's been shown yeah. live on television every Saturday at three o'clock uh, or four o'clock Norwegian time since 1969. I was three wow. years old, and 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 we all we all had to pick our team. I, I'm I've I've been asked a million times about how I started to to support West Ham. I, I don't know really how it started, but I know that I my first shirt was too small for my kid when he was five six years old, and I know I was. Uh, um, I put everything to the side to watch uh, West Ham win the FA Cup. Seventy-five, I was eight years old, and uh, so so I so since before then I've been I've been a hammer, and it's been more and more ever since. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And as you said, yeah. I, I of course. Go on, you go ahead. All the other guys, it was uh, in that time Leeds, Derby, Man United, Liverpool. All the other guys support them, and uh, and uh, I was a bit alone, but uh, I found a good few friends uh, later. Thank, thank God for that. <laughs> exactly, and as, and as part of the Scandinavian Hammers, there's you know over eight hundred of you, isn't there? As a group, I'm right. Yeah, uh, the Scandinavian Hammers was founded in 1988. Uh, I was uh, leader of the supporters club from '92. Uh, we were uh, close to 1,000 members. We're a little bit fewer now, but uh, still more than 800 members. And um, it's, it's been really great times. We got to know people from all over the country. You know, Norway is a, a special country. We, if you go from Oslo to the northern part of Norway, if you go the same, uh, the other south instead, you're, you're south of Rome. So we're, it's, uh, it's long between where we live. And, uh, so, but we meet in London. We meet in East London. And... Uh, and uh, it's been good. I've been arranging supporters club trips with um, 
three, four, five trips a year, and uh, with all from twenty to uh, eighty people all the time. So it's it's been really good times. Yeah, exactly. And I love the fact that you don't know you don't know how you started supporting West Ham, but you sort of you know you are, and that's it. And you're sort of stuck with your club, and and it's fantastic. Now, obviously. You know, lots of experiences, lots of times coming over and seeing some, you know, fantastic games and, and memories. What were your sort of fondest memories in, in, in your mind, Yedman, in terms of sort of West Ham? Oh, there's, there's so many. I've, I've, I've watched, I've had a season ticket since 2000. Uh, I've, uh, but of course, I'm not able to travel all the time. Yeah. But, uh, but, uh, but uh, so many Good memories. I think some of the away games. I, I flew to Bucharest in 1999 alone from Norway. Didn't know anyone uh, who was going, but I had the three greatest days of my life in the, in the Bucharest pubs. So we lost, but it was such a good time. Yeah. Uh, the, first, the first supporters club trip I arranged uh, was actually when we beat Tottenham 4-1 away. I think that was Easter, 92, something like that. And it, it's uh, games like that. And of course, the cup final, uh, the two playoff finals when we went up, yeah. It's been such a, such good times. So I think if I had to pick one, uh, when we beat Blackpool at Wembley, it was one of the first times with my son as well, uh, who's now even more West Ham fan than I am, which is good for me. So, uh, yeah, but there's so many, so many, so many games. And at least you have a, a travelling partner now. Now your son's, a, a, you know, a, a, a fanatic at West Ham. And obviously he trained at West Ham for a, for a couple of weeks, didn't he? If I remember you mentioning yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a kid footballer. He, he goes at a football gymnasium in, in his, he's 18 now and he's doing quite well. And, uh, and uh, I got to know Jack Collis and, uh, through, through my supporters club and, and I asked him if, if he could come over and train. And, uh, and I know he could do quite well. And he went over one week and Jack said he's good enough, he can come back whenever he likes to, to train. And he's been there two times and uh, really, really enjoyed it. And, uh, and of course, for him to be a West Ham fan to train there, Mark Noble came to see one of the trainings and uh, and and then he knows Jack Collins. One of his shirt, first shirts was uh, number ten, Jack Collins, and so we brought that to show to Jack when he trained. It was fantastic. Oh, and it's stuff like that, and it's those type of memories which is so nice to hear. Those sort of those individual memories, like you said, the sort of the Bucharest trip. You didn't know no one. You turned up. You flew away from Norway on your own, and then you're in a pub and you lost the game. But it was just that 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 sort of feeling of feeling of togetherness and and community. And as I said. When I travel alone there, I, I'm, I, I made so many friends that I met many times later. And I was sitting in a pub. I remember it was a, a Dubliner pub. Uh, we were quite a few West Ham supporters. And uh, I was sitting at a table drinking for about an hour until I realized that the one on the other side was Joe Cole's dad, George. <laughs> uh, and it was, uh, it, it, it's, it's West Ham, isn't it? We're a big family. Exactly. And that's what's coming across because obviously we interview these different people and there's so many sort of family connections and collectiveness. And, and obviously people talk about, you know, the last game Upton Park and that feeling of togetherness. And, and I think what's happening, hopefully, is, is with all what's going on in the world, um, that first collective singing of bubbles, whenever that may be, um, when, when, the, when the London Stadium's open and everyone's at back, will be such a special moment because everyone's all back with the family. And it's quite, it's all really sort of quite touching when you think about that. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's brilliant. And I, and I love, it's just so nice talking to someone because it's so <laughs> different because everyone I speak to is from, 
you know, and even the guys I spoke to in America, they were sort of Essex, London boys who have moved out where you are, you know, <laughs> you're sort of adopt an adopted Cockney, if that makes sense, coming in from Norway. It's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, it's lovely talking to you. So anyway, what we're doing, as I said, we're going to be doing our sort of hammer to level. I know you've put a lot of thought into this. I, I know you've agonised over lots of these positions. Um, as I said, we try and keep it to a four-four-two if we can. I'm a little better at video yeah. editing, so you know, if, if you, you know, I'm I'm learning about inside halves and things like I've, I've never heard that. I don't know what I still, <laughs> I still don't know what inside half is. I'll be honest. Um, but it's your eleven, so it's the people that you that you obviously want to talk about. And also, the only caveat is you have to be in a live to have seen them play. Not necessarily live, but obviously on TV and stuff. But obviously, I can't put in Bobby Moore. But I could put in Gary Breen, for example. Nah, <laughs> yeah, it's not in fair, my team, though. Okay, seems a fair <laughs> swap, but yeah. All right, so who are we going to put in goal for the Holt eleven then? Uh, I just mention one thing first. When I, when uh, I've not really put in the probably the best eleven, no? it, it might be as well. But but I've put in eleven players that I've all interviewed for the Scandinavian really? Hammers Supporters Clubs magazine. Uh, and I've also a few players that I would love to have in there that I've interviewed, but they're out. So I'll probably mention a few more. But in goal, uh, I've interviewed some really good players. I've, I've sat on a stage on the Supporters Club trip with Phil Parks for about half an hour. Great guy. Shaka uh, Hislop, great guy, Robert Green. But in goal for me, uh, and probably the best gentleman that I met through the West Ham Times, that's Ludek Miklosko. Yeah. Uh, we had a supporters club trip. Um, uh, we had a meeting uh, at Upton Park. In, uh, we stayed at the Stadium Hotel. At the same time, there was um, uh, a memorial for John Lyle. Alex Ferguson was there and a few more people were there. But I had an agreement with Ludo that he should come and say hello to us. So he went, actually went from the official dinner, came up to, the, to see us, and he, we were about 60 people who took time to shake everybody's hand and, and was with us for about 45 minutes. And, and he, was, he was the one saying thank you when he left. He's such a gentleman. So, so Ludo is probably Phil Parks was as good a goalkeeper, but Ludo is a yeah. top man. Agreed. What, what a lovely gesture, as you said. He's a lovely man, very quietly spoken, but he's yeah. still, still a real sort of fan's favourite, especially when he comes back to London Stadium, we interview him. He's, he's, he's a lovely guy. Right, OK, we put Ludo between the sticks. Let's go for left-back. Who we got at left-back then? Left-back, um, there was really no competition. There, I've interviewed Frankie Lampard, I've interviewed George Paris, but it has to be Julian. Yeah. Uh, who was a regular writer for our Supporters Club magazine. I phoned him up for about two years when, uh, uh, after he finished, and I even met him at uh, his local pub up in Great Notley. And, and it, Julian is, um, for those who haven't met him, uh, you've got a picture of him playing, but he is the nicest bloke you can meet and the most honest bloke you can meet. Um, Two or three years ago, uh, me and my son went to Austria to, uh, when West Ham played. The, the game when um, uh, Aaron Cresswell did his leg. Um, yeah. and, uh, and we were there. And, uh, and we were quite a few West Ham supporters outside. Julian recognized me and came up and, and invited me and my son in. We're sitting with him and Slaven Bilic. And after the game, Slaven came up to us with uh, uh, Antonio's shirt for my son, who he just played with. So Julian's top man really good guy 
Lovely. Yeah. And as you said, and a great footballer as well. You know, yeah, he's every, everything uh, for the everything for the club, Julian Gabe. Okay, right. We'll put yeah. Dixie on the left. Who's going to go on the right back position? Then you yeah. should probably be in midfield, but uh, because there are so many other good midfielders, I want to play there. Uh, Bonso is going yeah. at right back. He came to West Ham as the right back, but of yeah. course, I've seen him most as centre back or, or or central midfield. But he goes in at right back. Yeah. Not strong competition, but I've also interviewed Timmy Breaker and Stevie Potts, who were good candidates. But Billy Bonds is uh, is the right back, top man. Yeah, and 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 words cannot describe what the man has meant for the club and done for the club as a player and obviously as a manager. And and you know, even when he when he came back and they did the they obviously announced the um, renamed the stand in his honour. You could see how much he meant to the club and from the players and from the fans and, and how much he gave back and stuff. He's a top, top guy. And, and also such a good gentleman. I, I won't speak that many about all the players because then we need two hours. But I, a couple of stories about Bonzo. When, uh, back in the days, uh, in the 90s, when he was manager, I used to do, I was uh, still single and I could do anything I want in my life. I went to, to London to stay for a week. I saw the games every Saturday. And in between, I went, went to Chadwell Heath every day to watch trainings. Wow. Uh, Billy came up a few times and, and asked me in for tea. I was sitting with him, Paul Hilton, uh, and drinking tea and talking football. After, uh, after a while, I was sitting in there. I was about to leave. And then and Billy said, where are you going? And I go back to the hotel. Uh, and he said, we're going to see a reserve team game. So, so I actually was in the car with Bonzo, Ronnie Boyce, um, who was the last one? Frank Burrows. And we went uh, to South End in, uh, I went with them three in Billy's car, a big BMW, uh, to South End to see a reserve team game. I, uh, it, but wow. Billy was, uh, and he made, included me all the time, such a really, really good man. Yeah. That's, that is some car trip. And it's, you know, I, I live around here, so I know how long. Yeah, it's probably, it's probably good, like 40 minutes, 45 minute drive without traffic from, from Chadwick to South End. So, yeah. Yeah, wow. and, I, and, wow. I, and of course, it was a reserve team game, probably 100, uh, 100 people there or yeah. something. So I was sat with them all the game as well. And it, it was uh, now his wow. really good memory. Fantastic memory. Love it, love it. Okay, put Bonzo on the right. Who are we going to have in the, in the centre-back positions? There's a few, it's a few candidates. Um, two guys that have just been left out is um, that I, I remember interviewing him as a player and also when he was managed later, that's Slaven. I love Slaven, uh, but uh, he, he's just edged out at centre-back. Also, the Danish guy, Mark Reaper, is just, just out of the team. Um, also a very good guy. Uh, Tony Gale, top man I've interviewed, but also he's left out because in my team, and there, there is no competition really. Uh, Rio, who always was top man, uh, and Alvin Martin. Yeah. Uh, Rio and Alvin Martin is my two centre backs, um, and what a pairing those two would have been. Too right, too right. Let Mar- and Alvin would have just let Rio just play, wouldn't he? Alvin would have yeah, done yeah, yeah. any 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 sort of trouble. Him and Dixie would have been in, and Bonzo, um, and Rio they would just let to. Just do what he he should have done more of, and and I think yeah, yeah, yeah. and it, it's been picked up a few times. You know, when he went to United, Ferguson sort of knocked out that sort of ball playing side of his biz, side of his game, and if if he still had, he would have been yeah. People say he would have been in the same bracket as Beckenbauer and people like that in terms of that sort of ball yeah, playing yeah. midfield. But but yeah, 
and also s- s- such a lovely man, Rio. Um, he was injured, uh, so he didn't train. And we were traveling with Heath once, uh, and and after that, uh, I was talking to Rio. We were, all the people left, and it was an under 14s game a couple of hours later. So I stood with Rio. He was uh, on crutches, and uh, and of course in the under 14s game, Anton was playing. So it was <laughs> also a very good memory. Brilliant! Oh, I love it. I love hearing your stories, Gimli. It's lovely. It's so nice. Okay, that's that's a, that's a solid solid back. You're not getting much change if you're a striker or a, or a winger with that that, <laughs> that defense. All right, let's go for midfield. Let's go for left left wing. Here we go on the left wing then. Uh, on the left wing is uh, I've put two left wingers. Well, I put one have to be on the right side, uh, right hand side. But uh, on the left wing. Um, there's a few candidates as well. Uh, Joe Cole, Sinclair, uh, Lazaridis, top man, but it has to be Alan Dev. Alan yeah. Devonshire has to go in left midfield. Uh, uh, great man, but also probably one of the most skillful players we've ever seen at West Ham. So Alan Devonshire, dead certain for, for left midfield. Yeah, and, uh, and probably one of our best transfers ever. Because yeah, for five thousand wasn't it? Two two thousand maybe. No, it's five, yeah. five, it was five thousand. Uh, yeah, five thousand. Southall. Yeah. Southall. Yeah. What can yeah, yeah. what can you get in today's life for five thousand? You know, uh, uh, second, and he second, went straight into the team as well. Yeah, exactly. And he used to he used to get you know, stories about because obviously I wasn't around when Dev was playing, or so I know of the of the, of the legend, but not the sort of uh, him play. I can see obviously highlights, but but the people were saying how he used to turn up for training. He'd get on he'd be on the tube because uh, he lived in Ealing, having to get to Chadwell Heath with his boots in his hand, and you don't get that anymore now. Actually, when when we as uh, supporters club was 25 uh, years, we had a celebration dinner, and uh, Tony Cotty was uh, has become nearly a friend over the time because he's uh, done a lot of interviews for the supporters club magazine. So I asked asked Tony if he could invite Alan Devonshire to come along for that dinner, and uh, a couple of hours later he said, "Yes, Alan will come, but he has to come with a driver because he hasn't got a license. He hasn't got a driving <laughs> license." So uh, Alan Dev was there uh, with uh, Tony Cotty for our dinner at a 25 years fantastic. anniversary. Oh, it's fantastic! Right, okay, we'll put Dev on the Dev on the left. Who's going to go on the other wing then? Who's the other left wing you're going to put on the right? Uh, there's I mentioned a few candidates. Mark Ward would be an ob- obvious candidate for the right wing, but uh, one that edges and goes ahead of them is because such a nice guy he is, and that's Stuart Slater. Uh, he's also been with us uh, on a supporters club trip for a couple of times and, uh, and uh, the nicest guy uh, and, uh, and what a player he also left a bit too early he should have never gone to Celtic he would have been a West Ham legend he's a West Ham legend but he would have been an even yeah. big one I know he, he's right footed but he loved to play on the left hand side uh, but I put him on the right side because Alan De- they could swap sides uh, at half time yeah, and and I, and I think I think there's it's, it's too much in the game of of players playing on the wrong side of their feet. If that makes sense, you know, because it always seems that at the moment sort of that the trend is to put a left-sided player on the right because they can cut in and score a goal. But I think there's nothing better than a winger on their right side bombing it down the wing, beating the beating the left back or right back, and just crossing it in. It's such a simple thing yeah. to do, but it doesn't happen anymore yeah. now. Everyone's too clever. No. Okay, so we put slates on the right. Who's going to be in the middle then for the whole 11? 
to be honest, I asked you just before we went live now that, and it would, it, you made it, you would have made it easier for me if I had to have seen them live, not okay. seen them live on television. But when you said that, if I've, if I've seen them play, why, while I've been alive, then of course, Trevor Brooking has to be one of them, my yeah. all-time favorite player. And uh, one of the big reasons why I really continued to be a West Ham supporter uh, and also such a lovely man. Um, so Trevor Rooking is is the first one, uh, probably in my team. Yeah, uh, met him met him a few times. A real, real gentleman. Yes. Um, the other one, the other spot. Uh, if if you said that Rooking, I had to see him live, then he would have been out. Then I would have had uh, two others in. But I have to, to to make my mind up now. <laughs> Ian Bishop is such a great man. I even went to the pub with Bishop a couple of times uh, when <laughs> after trainings. And I never told the manager though, but, but he, he's um, he's a great candidate. Um, I'll have to mention Jack Collison because he's been so nice later on. But of course, uh, Jack will probably if, if he will watch this and he will understand that I won't put him in the team. But he will be a good candidate. Uh, what I have to to choose is between Ian Bishop and Mark Noble. I think Mark Noble yeah. is um, such a West Ham legend, but. Um, <laughs> because Bish is such, so I think Bish was underrated and uh, yeah. such a nice man. So, so I'm sorry for Mark Noble. He will be my first sub who can play, but it's be Bishop in the midfield with uh, Trevor Booking. That, that, that's that's tasty. That's a tasty midfield. There's a lot of yeah, yeah. lot of pace, a lot of skill, and I think actually I think if they were playing together, I think Bishop and Brooking would be a really nice pairing. You know, because obviously. It, different eras, but you know, Bish was a, such a silky player. He was so. I mean, that was my era. Era Bishop was my era. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I have this him and him and John Moncur and people. That that's my era. So yeah, no, I I wholeheartedly agree with that. I think yeah, Bish is Bish was so underrated. One, I just want to mention one other candidate who also came with a Scandinavian Hammersteiner and also a very underrated player. And that's Jeff Pike. He's yeah. a good candidate, but but of course. Uh, uh, Bishop Brooking is my choice, yeah. Bishop Brooking, okay, that's good. Okay, who are we going to have up front? Who's going up front for you? That was, to be honest, easier. Uh, <laughs> I've interviewed a few, but uh, the two that goes up front is uh, top man and top players. Uh, I mentioned Tony Cotti. He's um, he was one of my first favorite players, of course. Uh, uh, and and also he's um, I've interviewed him a few times. He's helped me to get other players to come to us and even Hamas Dinners. Uh, actually, even Tony came to Norway once to be on wow. Norwegian television. So uh, I met him at the airport. I stayed with him. We went for a few beers, and I was in the studio when Norwegian television beat Tony. And he, yeah, and and I'm proud to say that I can call Tony a, a good friend of mine. Yeah. So he'll he'll be in there for sure. Um, the other one is an. Uh, that's probably the funniest interview I've ever did uh, with a West Ham player. That was in 99. No, no, 2000. 2000. Uh, after he scored the most famous goals ever. That's Paolo Di Canio, uh, of course. Um, a couple, uh, probably, I, um, don't arrest me on the dates, but a few <laughs> weeks later, it was uh, uh, the Hammer of the Year Award at the old social club. Yeah, uh, I had, as I said, I've been at the training ground all week. So Paolo knew me. I said hello, and I saw him in the morning and things like that. I went to, to the to uh, the social club, and then 
and uh, he got the Hammer of the Year award, and he signed autographs and players with uh, 300 guests or who, how many was there. Uh, I waited because I said I, I've seen him a few times, and I wanted to do, do an interview with him. Yeah. So, uh, so I went last one up to Paolo and said, Paolo, I won't take your time now, but will you have a couple of minutes for me at the training ground tomorrow morning? And he said, just said no. And he went uh, 10 meters and came back. I probably have at least 10 minutes for you. <laughs> So, so uh, and and he was a man to his word. When he, uh, the day after, it, there was a few best people there. Uh, I think they were talking about uh, the Euros that were coming up or something like that. So yeah. he actually had appointments with with Daily Mail and even Sky Sports. But he stood to his word and came up to me first. I interviewed him uh, with my little recorder, and 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 when the when that's gone t- 15 minutes, you have to turn the, the old tape around. And I did that, and it went to the end. So I interviewed for about half an hour when Sky Sports were waiting. Uh, Shaka Hislop threw balls at us, and the people were trying to, but he was, he was as serious with me and as with everybody else. I remember, and this is the best quote ever, and people, the, other, the, the guys around him were laughing because they started to listen. I said, Paolo, Paolo, the goal you scored, was that the best goal you ever scored? And he said, I'll be honest on the Italian. He said, it's not the best goal. It's not only the best goal I've scored. It's probably the best goal I have ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so it, it, it's really good. I think it was four pages in one of the Scandinavian Hammers magazines. Uh, oh, really fantastic. good. What so Paolo is in my team, has to be in there. Yeah. And also, you know, the fact is, I know you were agonizing about whether to put Mark Noble in, but, you know, obviously Paolo, anywhere north of Watford, he, he any away game, Mark would be in because obviously Paolo wouldn't be uh, be around. Game. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we can move uh, Trevor Brooking up at the uh, up front or whatever. Play four for one. So uh, it's good to have a sub there. And uh, Mark Noble is my first first one uh, on the bench. Oh, it's been sure. oh, it's fantastic. So we've got Ludo in goal, Julian left back, Alvin and Rio in the centres, Bonzo on the right back position. Then we got Dev on the left, Bishop Brooking in the middle, Slater on the right. Cotty and Paolo up front. Nice team. Nice team. Yeah, what a team. Yeah. And, and, I, and I'm really proud to have interviewed all these guys. Yeah. And, and it's been, uh, yeah, and, and what a team. If, yeah. Think about putting them in their prime together. We would have won the league with, um, forget Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> exactly but honestly it's been such a pleasure talking to you it's been lovely hearing all those stories and those sort of anecdotal stories obviously everyone sees everything on the telly and and newspapers and on youtube and match the day but it's the stories that, that you've been you brought to the the, sort of the the episode which i think everyone will really really enjoy because it's been lovely really lovely talking to you and obviously thank you to everyone else for for watching obviously you know like share subscribe you know what to do and until next time guys take care and stay safe bye-bye sports social podcast network